You're a little older and a lot wiser. The future is yours. Define aging on your own terms. Welcome to AARP Without Limits with your host, Mike Olander. Hello and welcome. This is AARP Without Limits, WPTF Talk Radio, disrupting aging with the power of 50,000 watts. And our podcast, available anytime on demand at WPTF.com or through our Facebook, AARP North Carolina. Got a great program for you today, folks. Lee Covington, CEO and Director of Senior Services Incorporated of Winston-Salem and Forsyth County, is here to talk to us about their exciting new intergenerational center for arts and wellness. But first, ladies and gentlemen, as always... We begin with our esteemed production engineer here, Mr. Jason Kong. Jason, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing wonderful, Mike. Life is good. How are you? I, got, I have to say, we are in this alternative studio space here <laughs> at WPTF. We're in the big studio room, which is good, but you're, again, it's like we're in prison, my friend. Um, you're behind glass. We, we have been separated for our own good, uh, but that's okay. We're, we're, we're having fun, and we've got a great show lined up. That's, that's right. I'm really, really looking forward to speaking to our guest today. Uh, before we um, uh, bring him in, um, I wanted to share something with you, Jason. Um, as you know, I am uh, at no loss for words. I can be quite chatty. <laughs> <laughs> Hence uh, the fact that I'm behind the microphone here with you every week. But... Um, we had ARP had a had a big meeting in Washington D.C. Staff from all around the country got together in D.C. and uh, they had an opportunity to hear from uh, Jim Vanderhei. Uh, that, that name ring a bell to you at all? That sounds familiar. Yeah, he makes his rounds uh, through the media circuits. Uh, usually talking about politics. Uh, he is he used to be the CEO of Politico, um, and was one I believe he was one of the founders of Axios. Wow. Yeah, which is big. And by the way, a little fun fact here about Politico. I didn't know this, but I know it was started back right before the 08 presidential race. So that would have been like 07. And then it sold for more than a billion dollars in 2021. That's incredible. It is amazing to me because most people don't know what Politico is, right? I mean, people who follow it do. Right. Um, and who, you know, I think most people don't even know who Jim Vanderhei is. But uh, anyway, I thought that was an interesting fun fact. But anyway, Axios, a lot of people know what Axios is. And um, he spoke at, uh, at this AARP conference, and um, the topic was this title of his book, which is Smart Brevity, The Power of Saying More with less. And I have to say, Jason, um, we had a staff meeting and we were debriefing about what the experience in DC was like. And one of our members of our team had purchased the book and passed it around to everybody. And I took a look at it and I was like, wow, this is something that I really, really could use. Um, it's a relatively light read and it really focuses on trying to have your message stand out in today's you know day and age of so many distractions and news feeds and just so much information. As you know, we're just bombarded uh, in so many different ways with so many different types of information. It's really, really hard, you know, to to keep to know. To, to absorb the information that you're getting, right? It's almost like people are developing, we're kind of like social engineering ourselves to have ADHD in a way, right? It's just so, so much. And uh, I started reading this book and I noticed something that was really disturbing, Jason. Um, I'm having trouble reading books these days. Wow. I used to read a lot. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then, you know, you get busy, maybe you do it less. And I found that one of the effects of all this social media, and again, the bombardment of the news feeds and all this stuff going on, uh, that for me to sit down and read a book and to stay focused on it really takes a tremendous amount of attention. And ironically, I was doing it with this book, which is about like how to really simplify your consumption, you know, your delivery of your message, and also how you, as a consumer receiving, you know, what are our preferences. So that's really gotten me on a new mission as we at ARP do our work. And we're, you know, we're always constantly trying to tell the story um, of the work that we're doing. We're always trying to highlight the stories of individuals out there who are defining aging on their own terms, of, of partners and organizations out there that are really making a difference and really making life better for people 50 and older and their families. And uh, it's so it's gotten me to thinking, how can we be much more brief and to the point and helpful and useful with the information that we uh, present. And that's through things like our ARP newsletters, you know, our ARP magazine. I think they've gotten pretty good at it. That's one of the, we actually get really higher ratings, the ARP magazine. Um, but also things like our videos that we do that help tell the story of the work that we're out there doing. Also, Jason, internally, I'm thinking our meetings, like we have so many meetings at ARP. I know with so many organizations, they can relate to this. You know, it seems like there's so much information and what do I really need to know, you know? And so how can we structure our meetings and our discussions in the office, uh, in our institutions, in a way that will allow us to really focus on what do we need to know? Um, also got me thinking too, Jason, radio programming this program. Now, I know as flawless as this format is, <laughs> right, ARP without limits, certainly, um, you know, we can be a bit more concise um, with the programming that we do and, and so on and so forth. Of course, I'm saying this now as we're talking informally before we get to the meat and potatoes of our program today with our guest. But then that got me thinking, well, are there exceptions? You know, are there, you know, what types of information and programming that we do where we don't need to be brief, where it is important to be um, informal and to provide information and to provide opportunities for people to connect. And that's why I'm really glad that uh, we have our guest with us today, Jason, because um, I've known Lee Covington for not that long, a handful of years now. And I've been very impressed with him since I, I first met him because of his, you know, his commitment to making Forsyth County one of the best places in America uh, to live and to age. And uh, really taking an approach that appreciates connections, connections that people have with each other, and with the services that they need, and the, really the connections to the opportunities they have to live their best life possible. And so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, with great pleasure that um, I'm now introducing our guest, uh, Lee Covington, who's the CEO and Director of Senior Services Incorporated of Winston-Salem and Forsyth County. Lee, thanks so much for being with us today. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for the opportunity. I'm just thrilled to be here. Lee, you've been, you've been leading the effort to make your county a great place to, to age. But let's start with you, if we could. Tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and your role with Senior Services today. Certainly. So I am a North Carolina native. I uh, actually was born and, and spent my formative years in Alamance County in the uh, Mebane area. 
attended Elon College, now Elon University, for an undergraduate in business, and then a few years later received a master's in public administration and nonprofit management from UNC Greensboro. So I'm, I'm pretty much a local product, have been here in Forsyth County since 2000. Um, this is where my wife and I essentially raised our three boys who are now all grown and out doing their own thing. And I actually uh, have an undergraduate degree in finance and spent the first few years post-undergrad in the banking industry and decided after four years that, you know, that probably wasn't the best fit for me for a number of reasons. Uh, I love folks who have made a career in that and, and uh, we, we certainly need them, but that just didn't fit me. And so I was fortunate back in uh, 1990 to really fall into a nonprofit position, probably wasn't really qualified for it. Uh, but they gave me the opportunity, and here I am now, uh, 33 years later, having spent the bulk of my professional career in various nonprofits focused on either um, maybe the, the disability world or most recently here for the last 13, 14 years in the sphere of aging. Well, one thing that has impressed me, um, Lee, with the approach that you've taken there in Forsyth County has been your outreach to large private entities and getting them to commit to helping helping make the county more age-friendly. Uh, tell us a bit, if you could, about the partnerships that you forged there and how that has helped you uh, create, what that has helped you create in recent years. Certainly. So I must give credit to my predecessor, Richard Gottlieb, who was the president CEO of Senior Services for uh, nearly 36 years. And he had created incredible relationships with the business community, with business and community leaders, and built a, a, a tremendous organization that had a great reputation in this community. So to be able to walk in first as his chief operating officer and then when he chose to retire to move into the present CEO role. Uh, what an incredible gift. So I, I can't take a lot of credit for where we are today because we just continue to build on that. I will say that those key business community relationships, you know, Winston-Salem has been the home for a number of national and international nonprofits, uh, folks like Haynes Brands, Reynolds American, uh, BB&T, now Truist, and others. And so those are the folks that back in 2015, and it was at that time, I had just come to the organization. We were conducting a campaign called Aging with Purpose. And that was to raise funds to support some capital items, not building anything, but to replace some aging furniture, things of that nature, but also to support and sustain the, the core programs of senior services. And as part of a conversation one day with business leaders from four of those key businesses. They said, you know, it'd really be nice if we could elevate the topic of aging here in Forsyth County. We would really be interested in supporting that. We'll give you the funds to do that. Can you come up with a plan? And so we said, absolutely. We began meeting with not only our own internal partners, but representatives from each of those four organizations, developed kind of a strategic plan about how we would elevate the topic of aging. That led us to a community-wide randomized telephone survey of more than a thousand older adults that covered folks in every single zip code across the county. And that was followed by 21 community conversations, again, in every part of Forsyth County, whether we, where we gathered a treasure trove of data. That data was then analyzed, reported back out to the community through a series of community meetings and conversations. 
And then the real work began of developing what is now known as age-friendly for sites. And that was designed initially um, to build on all of that incredible data that we had, but to bring partnering organizations in addition to those, those business entities that were there from the beginning, funding the initiative, uh, but to bring other organizations together who could be part of those strategic conversations. That has led to Forsyth becoming one of the uh, part of the age friendly network, the, the ARP age friendly network, and we continue that work. Uh, one of the things that we did initially was create a self funded strategy where those partners were all putting some funding on the table to help support the administrative and backbone uh, work. And and we all know that this work doesn't just happen; it takes a lot of a lot of initiative and a lot of intentionality. And another thing that we did from the very beginning is ensure that the voice of older adults was at the center of everything we did. And we created a community engagement council, again, representing all parts of the county. Those folks have come together regularly and, and they are helping us to, to move this initiative forward. Obviously, COVID uh, messed all that up for a while. And like most situations, we got through it and we're continuing to sort of recover from that. But the initiative continues to move forward. And uh, we're excited about where it is and where it's headed. It's been a very uh, strategic and very thoughtful path for you. And um, I'm looking forward, after this commercial break, digging into the latest development there. Uh, Very exciting news to share. This is AARP Without Limits. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is AARP Without Limits. Just a reminder, folks, we always love to hear from you. If you have a suggestion for a future topic or a guest, please send us an email. AARP without limits at AARP.org. We can speaking today with Lee Covington, who is the CEO and director of Senior Services Incorporated of Winston-Salem and Forsyth County. Lee, you have um, had some big news to share with the community and with the state recently, the opening of the Intergenerational Center for Arts and Wellness. Please tell our audience about it. Absolutely. Thrilled to do so. So this grew out of all of that research that we talked about just a moment ago. Um, As we learned and heard the voices of older adults and began strategizing about ways we could creatively address those needs, we landed on uh, where we are now, which is a brand new community center, the Intergenerational Center for Arts and Wellness. It is a 62,500 square foot building that we had recently completed with uh, funds from a capital campaign, a very successful capital campaign. It is the new home for our Williams Adult Day Center. It is also the home for one of our senior lunch congregate nutrition sites. But we share that space with 20 other organizational partners from the community. And those partners represent everything from healthcare and wellness to arts and creativity, human services, uh, really the full full gamut. And we're just thrilled to have all of those partners with us. Nine of them are in dedicated space. 12 partners are utilizing about 20,000 square feet of shared space. Unbelievable. I have to say, um, as you, you've been talking, Lee, I've been looking here uh, just at some of the programming that you have there, looking at teaching kitchen, um, ceramic studio, um, theater, you know, um, uh, 
Petting Zoo, uh, water uh, felting, weaving, and watercolor collaborative, wheel throwing and hand building. I mean, just um, so much uh, volleyball, uh, just on and on and on. Um, so much really, really great programming there. Um, was this, I know your facility that's there has, has been there around 20 years, if that's right. Was the original plan to create an intergenerational center on the campus, or is this something that evolved over time? It's a great question. The The previous adult day center had been in its current space since 2000. And when senior services received the gift of this 10 acre tract from RJ Reynolds Tobacco Company in 2003, there was a master plan. And that plan included the senior services administrative center, which was built in 2006, but also the future development of an adult day center and perhaps a, an active older adult wellness center. So we just sort of combined all of that with this new center. Our existing administrative building remains the same. Nothing changes there. But with everything that we've learned through our Aging with Purpose programming over the last five or six years, seeing how bringing people of different age groups together, providing opportunities for creative expression and the magic that is created there, that's really what led us to this idea of bringing partners together in a shared space. Now, when did you begin recruiting community partners uh, for this this facility? And are there any that you care to highlight? So the, we, we actually began with a couple of conversations about five years ago. And I had lunch with the then directors of family services here in town and the Sawtooth School for Visual Art. And I knew family services operated a number of child development centers, primarily early Head Start and Head Start, not exclusively. And so I thought, well, okay, they'd be a good partner to bring in that younger age group. Sawtooth School, incredible reputation for quality art instruction. And so that's how this got started. And then someone would say, well, have you talked to so-and-so? And so I'd sit down and speak with that organization. And over time, uh, we have sort of hand-selected this list of 20 partnering organizations, 21 including us, that have led us to, to where we are. I think each of those organizations has been selected for what they bring to the table and what they will add to the quality of life for the older adults we serve. I think if I were to highlight anyone, uh, perhaps the most unique partnership is our partnership with Winston-Salem State University. And that is a highly revered, historically black college and university here in Winston-Salem. They have an incredible health sciences department. And we will have an extension of their health sciences department in this space, about 7,000 square feet, where they will provide training and education for undergrad, masters, and doctoral students in areas such as physical and occupational therapy, nursing, recreational therapy, and healthcare administration. So it will be a teaching and training space it will also be a space where they offer clinics to the community for direct services. And so uh, there, to our knowledge, there is not another historically black college or university that has any kind of a space like this anywhere in the U.S. And we're super thrilled to have them for what they bring to the partnership. This this is so amazing. Um, just the breadth of this. And we, you, you touch, we touched on a, a couple of other things before. I mentioned, you know, the different uh, classes and, and, and programming that you're going to have available there. Is this model based on on something either, you know, elsewhere in the U.S. or beyond the U.S.? Or is this uh, kind of bits and pieces of different models? Um, how, how did the concept of this come together? 
Sure. Well, I think elements are based on perhaps things that are happening. There are a number of examples of, of partnerships across the U.S. Certainly in, in Europe, there are examples of uh, creative programming. Uh, the, the central atrium space is built to resemble a main street. And so for reminiscence therapy for older adults, that's based on a European model. But we've not found anything, Mike, that brings 21 organizations together with a very intentional focus on intergenerational relationship building. So I think this will uh, sort of break the mold and, and set a new model that hopefully other communities will want to emulate. Wonderful. Now that you have achieved this truly incredible milestone, what can we expect uh, in the future? Well, I hope you're going to see lots of creative programming, lots of lives change, perhaps uh, the creation of some evidence-based strategies for how a community can come together and truly collaborate and focus on uh, really improving quality of life for people of all ages. Excellent. Now, uh, those for those who are in the area or even maybe those outside of the area who are would like to learn more or visit the center, how can how can they do that? Where can they go to learn more? I would encourage folks to begin with the website for the center, which is generationscenter.org. And that's generation with an S, generationscenter.org. We are continuing to develop that website. There's a lot of information there already. Uh, but as we continue to expand programming and build the partnerships, there will be more there for folks to see. And if they want to come visit, we would love to have them visit either as a uh, participant in one of the classes or just to take a tour, and they can just reach out directly to us via the website. Wonderful. Thank you so much uh, for sharing this information, Lee. I have to say, one of the really exciting parts about my work is to see innovation and creativity in how we address the challenges that come with an ever-growing aging population. And my hat's off to you again, my friend, for the approach. Your dedication is really second to none. And I'm just so incredibly happy for you and and all the partners who have been part of this effort to make this um, a reality there in Forsyth County. So thank you so much for for everything that you're doing. I want to thank Lee Covington for being our guest. I want to thank Jason Kong for production. Yes, folks, that is a wrap. And we want to thank you for listening. This has been AARP Without Limits. This is Mike Olander with AARP North Carolina signing off.